Path Folk to the Find the Path Ventures actual play of the War for the Crown Adventure Path. Party number two. <laughs> Party round two. Fight. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we should all probably be a little bit wary of any sort of gala considering what happened the last one. Yeah. I'm and we're using wary. social combat rules, though. We might be. Just every social combat ends with friendship. Uh. <laughs> friendship? <laughs> uh, I always like somehow, sometimes when the announcer did sound surprised, like, what? <laughs> Like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought this was Mortal Kombat. What is going on here? As long as you avoid babalities, I think you should be fine. Yeah, the babalities are just those weird. Those were weird. <laughs> yeah, they haven't weird. done those in several games, I don't think, though. Yeah, I don't think so. It's just weird, man. But, yeah, welcome back, everyone, to the continued exploits of the Knights of Summer. When last we had left our heroes, our noble scions had ridden north from Ohara to make their way to Merritt County to engage in the Tanger Jubilee at the Palace of Birdsong, hosted by one Bartleby Lothied, the Count of the County of Merritt, where they are the newest uh, addition to the, the noble cast of the uh, the county after Felix was appointed the heir to the Betany estate and the Tribune of Statues, as the party had arrived with the intent of undermining the uh, the Lothied rule here, so that hopefully you could oust the uh, Lothieds from the Palace of Birdsong and return it to the rightful hands of the Stavian family. And by that, I mean the lone remaining Stavian, Princess Eutropia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Last of the Stavians. Mm. Technically speaking, actually, that's not true. The, there are other Stavians, but the, the last of the Stavians' uh, central line. No, actually, funny enough, in the Player's Guide, um, with the standard rules from the Player's Guide, not the variant version of it that I created for all of you for this campaign, you can actually play a Stavian. Hmm. I think you're just like a very distant cousin. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, because you have, you have to be a Stavian who's okay with not inheriting the throne, right? Well, you have less of a claim to the throne than even those people with those extraordinarily dubious claims to the throne that are currently ah, claiming okay. them. Like, mm, you know, it's kind of the way as I'm technically related to British nobility, but uh, mm. my odds of having a noble cousin of mine die and inherit their lands is extraordinarily, extraordinarily rare. It would be cool. Bad for them, but cool for me. Yeah. <laughs> Sucks for them that I don't know, but... It'd be, thanks, yeah. patrons. We're moving our entire thing over to the UK, and uh, I'll host all of you in my castle. Hey, Ooh, It's nice. like a commune, but with a castle. It's true. <laughs> I would definitely castle live stream if, we were, if I was live streaming from the torrent of castle. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here we are on the ramparts. Get ready for our LARPing, and we all just put on our GoPros and go LARPing. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. Oh, man, that'd be wild. I'm going to go with no. <laughs> But yes, the party had uh, made their way eventually arriving in Merrick County, where they had uh, learned uh, immediately upon entering and passing by the Beggarwood, um, as well as their market that they set up, mm. that the uh, situation in this county seems to be rather poor. Yeah. And honestly, it's uh, it's the interesting thing of the Merrick County being a microcosm of the macrocosm that is all of Taldor, that you can only imagine every single county of every single prefecture of all of Taldor. It's pretty much like this. It's probably like this. Yep. But you'd made your way into Merritt County after after having engaged there, learning a little bit about um, the all the issues currently facing the county. You'd uh, made your way past the 
city of Penseris, the second most prosperous city in all of the county of the O'Kara Barony, where you had met, uh, you had previously met uh, Baron O'Kara during the gala. In fact, actually, I think the only person that had spoken with Baron O'Kara there had been Verity, who spent like two yep. hours uh, chatting I don't know, up. I that guy for a long, <laughs> yep. long time. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was quite uh, difficult to convince. Yes, that is what, that's what will translate the bad dice rolls to. <laughs> he's very yeah, difficult to, that. he's very, but he's entrenched. she it. did it. But you'd uh, made your way eventually to the city of Lothied, uh, which appears to be a picturesque, almost the quintessential Taldane city. Uh, so beautiful and clean and spotless and it's a run little too by much. Inquisitors of Avatar. It's the ultimate civilization city. Okay. It's true. It is yeah. true. It's basically like if you just sit there and punch in a whole bunch of cheat codes and build your sim city mm. as perfectly as you want. <laughs> Definitely done that. Yeah. <laughs> You make it perfect, and then unfortunately, like one day, the count's just bored, and he's like, "What if, what if aliens invade?" Presses <laughs> oh, no. the little button for aliens. Uh, I was a big SimCity fan when I was good. Yeah. Then Bowser shows up. And then Bowser yeah. shows up. Yeah. <laughs> However, um, you'd rested up for the evening at the Count's Cravat, the uh, the lone inn in the city of Lothadar. Cravat's a nice uh, vocab word for it's you. A nice word. Yep. Before you had set off to make your way to. The Palace of Birdsong. Where apparently Bartleby is eager to see us. Supposedly. I mean, he paid for your room. Which I think is him literally going to go, what the f*** y'all doing here? Part of me wonders if like, he has no idea and that like he's got attendants that take care of everything. We're going to show up and he's going to be like, who are y'all again? <laughs> you seem vaguely familiar. I can't you are the little my... brats that moved everything in my room. <laughs> These <laughs> he, knows, like, he doesn't know that was us. That is true. And we're going to keep it that way. Well, we hope he doesn't know that was us. As far as we know, he doesn't know <laughs> we that was sneaky. us. sneaky. As sneaky as children can be. S- children can be shockingly old. sneaky. I was a teacher. Yeah. Children sure. are pretty sneaky. Mm. But yeah, I suppose to, uh, to launch back into things, the five of you bedecked in your finery. Who's, uh, who's wearing in vogue on day one? I am. It's I just think Gwen's the only one. Okay. Yeah, we went for our toned down one because she was voguing it out. <laughs> she is the Madonna right now. Everyone else is just like, I'm going to wait till day two and then I'm going to play all my cards. We're playing wingman. We're, we're yeah. trying to build her up, you know? <laughs> the five of you ride in the back of the carriage as it navigates its way along the extraordinarily, up until this point outside of Opara, the best tended roads that you have seen on any highway that you have traveled thus far. These extraordinarily well-maintained roads. I just picture like the interns at the Temple of Avatar have to come through with a level every once in a while. <laughs> oh my God. Double check. <laughs> yes. The carriage navigates its way as you travel to the Palace of Birdsong along a road that you had taken so many years ago. Trees encroach on every side of the grounds. However, they seem to, at the very least, those that are in view of the road, be well maintained and manicured. As you roll your way up, you pass through the outer walls that surround the palatial estate of Birdsong. With the anticipation of your arrival, the portcullis being currently raised as you easily ride your way under, a grand total of six guards, three on either side, standing at attention. As the carriage begins to approach, it rolls slowly to a stop. Morel takes a moment to discuss with the guards. One of them steps forward inclines his head respectfully to all of you as he takes a moment to glance inside of the interior of the cabin. Notes uh, all of you wearing uh, your finery 
are any of you bringing weapons? As it does have the same strictures, you are allowed to bring a one-handed bladed weapon if you so wish. I will carry my katana. Specifically, I also want to know if any of you are carrying the long swords granted to you by Utropia. No. I nope. would say that's no. a bad idea. Yeah, because we're supposed to be incognito, so no. So katana for Verity. I mean, I, I would probably just keep a dagger on me. Yeah, I mean, Gwen's probably got a dagger stash somewhere. Yeah, I'll probably have a dagger. Is it possible I could have Oakheart on me, or is that too much? It is a one-handed weapon. Yeah. Um, yeah you I might mean, be looked unusual. a little bit curiously, but um, yeah, I don't yeah. think that they'd have a problem if it's just like, oh, he's a Darahan. They're all like that. <laughs> we survived the gala. If we showed up with no weapons, I think that would be even more suspicious. What if he's attacked <laughs> by a Trent on the way in? He might need to defend himself with the axe. Yeah, I figured I definitely couldn't take my spear because that is technically a ranged weapon. So and I know those aren't usually allowed by the by the rules of decorum. Mm -hmm. You are permitted uh, light and one handed weapons. Mm. Uh, ranged weapon and two handed weapons are not allowed inside of the building. Yep. And you're also allowed to wear, uh, you know, feasibly if you want for this uh, breastplate, ceremonial armor uh, or light armor would still be considered to be acceptable. Gwen's not going to wear any armor, but all of this is checked. The man inclines his head, nods, allows all of you to pass. Anyone that wishes to, that has at least one rank in it, may roll Spellcraft. hey -o. Okay. Everyone but Verity. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, so Cornelius rolls a natural 20 for a 31. Ooh. Well, there Very we go. Nice. Uh, Gwen rolls a 15 for a 24. Very uh, nice. Felix rolled a 16 for a 22. And Oliver rolled a 5 for a 15. Pretty good overall. Yeah. So with the exception of Oliver... Maybe a little bit nervous. Yeah. Maybe doubting his uh, his choice to bring this axe. It's like, what if what if this is a faux pas? I haven't been to <laughs> so many of these events for a while. It's technically it's allowed by the rules. Yeah. <laughs> Barity sitting off to the side with a Dell file, just filing your nails and looking out the window. <laughs> the other three of you, as you pass through the gate, feel a tingle. Again, when you were last here, you were but children. Now, however, as you pass through the gate especially as I imagine you kind of glance amongst yourselves, you can only assume the layers of magical protections you just rolled in through. Likely to stop things like teleportation or Scrying. other means, scryings and other means like that, as you can only assume that this place is thoroughly warded. Probably, I mean, it was yeah. the summer house of the Grand Prince. It has to be, you know, one of the most guarded places outside of the palace mm -hmm. itself. Yeah, makes sense. The carriage rolls its way forward and takes you steadily up the path. As you, you pass through the gate, you go down a short road that leads between two massive statues, each one of them probably a good 30 feet high, of full horses in armored with Taldane knights riding atop their backs. Each one of them has a spear which is upraised. From each one of these spears, on the one on the left hangs the banner of House Stavian, um, which is the blue and green since they are the Grand House of all of Taldor. On the one on the right, um, and of course the Stavian lion is on the front of that as well, uh, which is actually not the lion for, from the Taldane flag, um, which mm. is the rampant lion in profile. Uh, the Stavian lion is, uh, um, it is the lion Aww. front facing. Ah. On the right hand side, you see the blue and silver banner of House Lothied bearing the rampant owl. Riding between these, the carriage turns to the right the road is lined on either side by hedges, and in the center are rows of flowering bushes. Although this late in the year, they're not blooming uh, quite 
as thoroughly as they would have been if you'd arrived here during the summer, which is when you were here the first time, when you'd come years ago. However, they still fill the air with this fragrant scent. And beyond that, up ahead, you can see the large fountain that stands before the impressive Palace of Birdsong. Ba-ba-da-da. Oh my, we got a little isometric uh, map going on here. Ooh, yeah. That's nice. That's really nice. Map there, handmade. You're welcome. Wow. I figure as cool. we're like riding in, Felix turns to all of them and be like, oh my gosh, the hedge maze. I remember when we all played hide and seek in there. Yeah, you can see oh. it off towards your right, that hedge maze in the distance. All right, I remember getting lost a couple of times. Yeah, I think it was only, <laughs> what, Verity and I that actually came out with winners? <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, yes, that's so. right. Uh, past that, you can see the uh, the vineyard there. Um, in the distance, you can see a small building, which you believe is the servants' quarters. You obviously didn't go there as children. Hmm. Far off towards your left, you can see the memorial garden um, with its various statuary and, uh, and beautiful flowers. Past that, you can see uh, the small pond and the uh, the boathouse that over that sits on the uh, the edge of Lake Stavian. Um, the dueling grounds where all of you had trained together as children, trained under the Strategos Pytherius yeah. Yeah, uh, when he was in attendance here. Yeah, and we got a hit on that stupid clockwork dummy, and he didn't think we could do it. Yeah, there's a nice clockwork dummy mm, that yeah. you fought there. It's maybe true. that's still around here somewhere. Maybe, maybe the entire place is guarded by clockwork creatures. You don't know. Hmm. From here, you can't see, but you do know the guest house that you stayed in was uh, past that, past where the uh, orchards were. And then uh, behind the Palace of Birdsong, you know, is the uh, the back courtyard, which is a rather large affair. And then past that was the stables, which uh, actually did have a training ground there, uh, yep. mostly for riding and teaching, you know, young children like yourselves how to ride. Although uh, I believe Verity and Oliver did face off at the uh, the tilt back there um, years yeah. and years ago that they had practice lances <laughs> and uh, and much smaller, more uh, tamed horses than the war chargers that you now own. I did not do well. You didn't, but it's okay. Nope. <laughs> you ride your way up and forward towards the Palace of Birdsong. As you arrive, you can look around. You can see all about you are various people that have either arrived a little bit earlier than you have um, or have arrived possibly the day before for those that have traveled from further and have the uh, the connections already with House Lothied that they stayed here instead of uh, coming to Lothadar, staying there and then coming here in the morning, as all of you did. From here, you can see that there are probably two score, maybe more, two score nobles, and probably another three score attendants and servants currently going about unloading the various carriages. This is this army of servants descends on the, uh, the carriages, taking everything out and back into either the palace or most of them are walking around the palace to take all of the effects to one of the guest houses. Uh, when you had stayed here previously, you'd stayed at the closest guest house, although you understand that there are actually five guest houses on the premises of the uh, Birdsong Manor well, and the surrounding They probably grounds. wanted to keep the kids at least, you know, within earshot, so should anything happen. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's good to, to know yeah. that we were within screaming range. They're detached parents, but they're not that detached. The air here is already one of jubilation. There are banners hanging from the uh, the front of the house. Many of these are of House Stavian, but you find with some interest that House Stavian always seems to be equally matched by the number for House Lothied, mm. uh, which yeah, is rather why. odd for uh, a stewardship yeah. of a house. Yeah. But then again, you don't, again, think that the, uh, the Stavians have come here very much to literally their own ancestral land, as the Lotheeds aren't actually even from this region. 
As you begin to ride up, you can see that uh, all of the servants are here in force. Most of them are, uh, are footmen or women that are coming out to take the, the luggage and bring it in. All of them are wearing bird masks, like masquerade masks. Although, of hmm. course, the, uh, the actual nobility here aren't, giving them an almost uniform look of uh, this faceless flock of birds where the individuality of the servants is lost. And instead, there's a uniform look across them of all of them blending in with one another. And you suppose blending in with the woodwork, as it were. So Rachel, the player, is starting to get a little bit paranoid because I've read The Court of Thorns and Roses. Mm. Uh, <laughs> if you wanted uh, to hide some uh, inquisitors among the staff, that'd be a real easy way to do it. Even yeah. here, you can see that there are uh, numerous entertainers already available. Um, some are rather simple, as there do seem to be some people are there playing any clowns? music. Clowns? Clowns specifically, no. Thank you. Um, however, there are some things that you would consider to be uh, circus adjacent, um, mm. in that there are circus like adjacent. jugglers, uh, fire breathers, crusty jugglers, even a single stilt walker, <laughs> which is mm. making his way about back and around in the back, playing a violin as he walks about on his stilts. Uh, I assume there are children feet. at this event, so there are. such things would make sense. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't mean it's safe. No, it definitely doesn't mean it's safe. <laughs> the carriage rolls its way up, up to the front eventually, and Karina pulls up short. A small force of servants make their way forward and begin to unload all of your uh, your baggage off the back and top of the carriage as uh, Morel steps down, drops down the, the steps on the side of the carriage, opens the door, and uh, assists all of you out. While you are all probably somewhat stiff because you have been in and out of this carriage for four days now, <laughs> this at the very least was only a ride of about an hour. Not so bad. As it's right at about 9 a.m. as you make your arrive, a little bit before. Oh, look at Morel getting his timing just right. Mm. Yep. As you step out, you have a second to stare up at the beautiful palace of Birdsong. This miraculous structure that is simultaneously extraordinarily opulent, and yet somehow in a way that most modern noble Taldane structures aren't, slightly reserved. Um, it's more of the, uh, uh, my mind immediately goes to, it's like, it's a bit more Buckingham Palace, which is extraordinarily opulent and not Versailles, um, which yeah. is so opulent that it is almost painful to look at. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, French. Makes sense. I don't know. I love pictures of Versailles. <laughs> Versailles is beautiful, but there are some rooms in there that I'm like, how is there this much gold? Oh, yeah. yeah. When it's like all over the walls and everything, it's crazy. As you step out of the carriage, the moment you step down, um, I imagine Oliver is stepping out first because, you know, you're now dealing with decorum and technically speaking, mm. Oliver is the highest rank. Um, as you step out, maybe Oliver's even a little startled, although you'd heard this a couple of times as you'd approach. There's the blaring of two trumpets. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Presenting... Count Oliver of House Darahand, Count of White March, Baron of the Eastern Ride, Lord of Pegasus Peak, Captain of the Taldane Phalanx. Oliver, I suppose, steps forward and just kind of nods. You're, you're kind of used to that, to be perfectly honest. No, I, I feel like there should be warnings when people do that, but <laughs> here we are. Where did you think you were, Oliver? <laughs> <laughs> Felix, you step out as the uh, the trumpets burp, burp, again, announcing Countess Felix of House Zespire, Countess of Westmore, Baroness of Willow Ridge, Lady of Swanmere Manor, Tribune of Statues. Burp, burp, burp. 
as I suppose you uh, you step down and step uh, off towards the side. Yep, she, you know, puts on that air of, you know, I'm nobility and then walks off. <laughs> Cornelius, you step out. There's a quick burp, 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 announcing Baron Cornelius of House Mariset, Baron of Eastell, Lord of Northwind Manor. Burp, burp. Followed by Verity, who steps out once again to uh, a plum, announcing Baroness Verity of House Corsina, Baroness of Whitewater, Lady of Petalsong, Knight of the Order of the White Rook. Burp, burp. Uh, after that, <laughs> the, the guy that's blowing the horns getting very tired. <laughs> after that, uh, eventually Gwen, you step out. There's once again the uh, the fanfare announcing Viscountess Gwenwavar of House Kastner, Viscountess of Gildeen, Lady of Golden Flame. As you step out again, you have a moment. Uh, there there are a number of people, especially when they start hearing like Count and Baron and things like that. That are like, oh. <laughs> Oh, what's well, going on here? Who are these people? It's time to run Even though, uh, in, in the case of all of you, you are uh, uh, not landed as far as counts and baronies are concerned. Those are uh, hereditary titles that you have received because of your family station. Um, you have very small tracts of land, but I don't think any of you actually rule a barony or uh, a county. No, we no. don't. But as there's a, a, a kind of a murmur that goes through as you're announced, the newest uh, addition here, a man pushes his way through the crowd and approaches up towards you. Will it be our boy? The man in question is tall. Uh, you would say a man of probably just under six feet. He wears a fine noble's outfit of blue trimmed with silver, unsurprisingly, considering his house colors. This man is strikingly handsome, with piercing green eyes and wavy black hair. As he strides his way forward, the high collar giving him an almost military look to his clothing. Oh, we love that look. But as he steps forward, he gives all of you a broad smile. Ridiculous. He steps right off the cover of a, uh, a romance novel and wanders his way forward towards you. Definitely like the tyrant's lover or something ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, right. Well, it could be like the villainess's revenge. There's always yes. villainess or tyrant yeah. in the cover. Gwen's like, he had a glow up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Easy living, you know? Count Bartleby Lothied is a, he's a fit man. Obviously maybe gone a little bit to, uh, well, not even gone to seed. Um, you don't imagine he's probably quite as fit or as, as fast as he was in his youth, being a man of four. 40 now, hmm. as a man very quickly approaching 40, I, I certainly feel that. Spends all of his hours in front of a computer, doesn't get enough time to work out. <laughs> the Count approaches towards all of you, and maybe even to some surprise to all of you, breaks into a broad smile. He might have different like, memories than we do. Uh, he yeah, might have very different memories. Is he like actually happy to see us? Maybe. Can we make sense a sense motive, motive him? <laughs> you can make yeah. a sense motive if you so wish. Sure. He looks entirely too pleased. He's I do get to add bonuses if he's bluffing. <laughs> but the man approaches closer gives all of you this broad smile. My dear old friends, it has been years. Please. Let's not say how many years. <laughs> I, would not, I would not <laughs> dream of it, but it has been far, far too long since all of you have been here. You know, his herald quickly announces, you know, Count Bartleby Lothied, steward of the county of Merritt, landgrave of the Hyden Marches, tribune of Lothadar. I cannot tell you how happy I was to hear that you would be coming to our Jubilee this year. It really? has been far too long. It has. I am eager to 
Honestly, I'm just eager to see it again <laughs> and to see you. <laughs> I'm extraordinarily touched. And if I may, my lady, he steps forward, taking your hand and kissing the back of it if you do not stop him. Sure. Countess Felix, I am so happy to hear that you purchased land in my quaint corner of Talpor. Ah. I had no idea that you were related to the Bettanys. Uh, actually, I only found out recently that uh, uh, we had that lineage and I was ecstatic to find out that I could uh, do some good. Well, statues. when I learned of that, I will say I was not surprised. The statues once produced a respectable wine years ago. Um, and in the hands mm. of a Zespire, I can only imagine that we shall uh, hopefully be able to experience the bounty of Merritt County once again. Well, I'll see what I can do. Well, again, I have a number of guests to attend to, but I am touched that uh, that all of the rest of you came accompanied uh, Lady Zespire all the way out here and uh, and decided to join us for this. Uh, will you be staying for long? Uh, wouldn't pass up a chance for a bit of a reunion, as it were. We will get a chance to spend more time with you, won't we? I know you're quite busy. Oh, absolutely. I'll be entertaining a great deal of... Uh, we have a number of people here, both from far and wide. Some welcome, some not. He just kind of gives you a wink as he says the second. Gwen oh, gives him her most charming smile. <laughs> a servant begins to take all of your uh, luggage out and around to the side before Bartleby just kind of reaches up, quickly snaps his finger twice. Oh, excuse me. No, 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 no. These are honored guests. You will be staying in the palace tonight and tomorrow. Oh, How generous. It's very generous of you. <laughs> but of course, I would not wish anything less for a count and a countess and a baron and a baroness. You deserve the finest things. And let he me simply say... He leaves out my title. <laughs> Gwen is annoyed. <laughs> and let me simply say, there are not finer things than the Palace of Birdsong, if I may be so generous. Well, if memory serves, you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> I think you will all have a wonderful time here, and I should hope so. Uh, please, he just kind of gestures over towards the servant, uh, put their effects in the guest rooms in the first branch of the West Wing, opposite the Baron and Baroness. The servant bows. I will need to get back to things, but um, obviously this is your first time here. They will escort you to your rooms so that you may uh, take a moment to dust yourselves off and then get ready. The servants will unpack all of your belongings once they have shown you to your chambers. Afterwards, you will hear the gong, and uh, there will be a servant there to lead you to the grand ballroom, unless, of course, you remember where it was. Do I remember where it is? It's been a really long time. But you know this how you have those memories also. that are, like, so vibrant because of just how freaking awesome it was? That whole I thing imagine. of, like, I could still navigate my elementary school kind of thing? Yeah. Mm. Oh, I could, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. But you were here for six weeks, and you guys did do almost daily dance lessons with the princess in yeah. the ballroom and all the rest of that stuff. This summer was a big deal for us. We might actually have some vague memories of how to navigate this place. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. The Palace of Birdsong is large, but it's not very complicatedly laid out. Hmm. I think we can manage to find our way. I mean, we were here for a decent time. Yeah, of course. Uh, for the first time, one of the servants will lead you there. And then uh, afterwards... Once we do the the sorting, you will have a guide to take you uh, wherever you need to go on the palace grounds. The sorting? Much appreciated. It's a classic tradition, as it were, of the Jubilee, where you will be assigned a herald who will uh, take you wherever you need to go uh, for the remainder of your time here. Huh. Let's see. Uh, okay. That's weird. 
Mm-hmm. One, I understand it from the need to announce us everywhere we go, but two, they're spying on us the whole time. We I see this sorting. Yeah. You will all be placed in a house. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, are we in a British boarding school right now? <laughs> yeah. Well, regardless, though, pleasure to have you here. I look forward to having the chance to talk to you. Uh, feel free, of course, to uh, to make friends. Uh, I'm certain that everyone here will be overjoyed to have you present. And uh, I must say, Oliver, it has been some time since I have seen you, but uh, I can only imagine you as a Darhan will certainly be participating in the joust. Perhaps uh, some of the rest of you will be. Mm. Absolutely. I think uh, my talents are better for after the joust. Panavar is his uncle, right? Panavar, yes. Panavar Lothi okay. the sixth. Okay. Who's technically the one in charge, but doesn't want to handle it. Technically, he is actually <laughs> the one in charge. He's just never The man's here. busy. The man's busy. Well, that's why, like, this guy doesn't have a count title, right? Like, he has count. He's not, oh, he has count. Pan- okay, Panavar's a duke. If, oh, that's right. Panavar is a duke. Yeah, okay. Um, he's a duke from their own county, um, of which he still actually manages the Lothied estate. Regardless, though, the man smiles, bows politely, shakes the hands of uh, both the gentlemen, uh, kisses the back of the hands for all of the ladies. We'll certainly be seeing you, Cat Lothied. Of course. And again, I would hope to see uh, some of you participate in the tournament. It will be preparing at noon, um, and then the tournament itself begins at one. Uh, right. Yeah. Keep that in mind. I will be overseeing, not participating. However, there will be a Lothied in attendance. Um, my cousin. Which one? That's the one that Martella told us was kind of swarmy, right? Titus, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Titus, my... Uh, sister, you remember Kittling. Yes. Right. Yes. 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 Her husband's brother's firstborn child. Ah. Well, very well. Can I make a sense motive? Because he does not sound very keen. Uh, you don't this. even really need a sense motive. You can yeah. tell him. He's not yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, he's that kid here. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got to keep up appearances at least a little bit. Yeah. All right. Then, you know, we will look forward to it. He turns, makes his way off, and uh, a servant makes his way forward, bows deeply to all of you. Um, and then ask you to please follow him um, as he will lead you into the uh, the Palace of Birdsong. But as the servant is leading us off, Gwen will lean into Felix and whisper, was he that handsome when we were young or is that a change? Uh, no, he was a very dorky child. That's what I thought. I don't think he was dorky. I think it's all about perception. Yes. <laughs> well, we can all admit that uh, children tend to be somewhat different than their adult selves in physical appearance. Point out the obvious. <laughs> well, he, he was blessed to have gotten uh, more handsome. Some of us just got uh, more hair. you <laughs> 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 I think your Felix just kind of nods and then turns back to Gwen. <laughs> Barry was like, oh. yeah. Very nice. Uh... Gwen gives Felix a wink. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Though, like my my husband is kind of similarly look where he's like tall, kind of dark skinned and black wavy hair. So <laughs> apparently I have a type. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been expecting the tournament to be quite so soon. I guess uh, nearly showtime. Yes. Hope you're ready. We should uh, enter, of course, and then get ready. You're led through the wide great doors uh, on the the front face of the building. Uh, Two wide sets of double doors, each of them thrown open for the occasion. Um, Actually, as are the doors in the the opposite side of the grand hall that exits onto the veranda behind the palace. Helps get some airflow into there. Yep. The great doors open into an opulent grand hall, some 20 feet wide, 
uh, the better part of 50 feet long. Two wide arches lead to an intersecting hallway to both the right and left. Two single doors and two sets of double doors exit the hallway as well, mirrored on either side of its length. The walls here are covered with beautiful pastoral scenes, and between the doors are massive portraits of four men. One is a comely and athletic man with intense eyes. One a slender man with dark hair and calculating expression. One is a man with a charming but seemingly tired smile. And one is an imperious man with kind eyes. The fourth one all of you recognize immediately um, mm. as being a portrait from his mid-30s of Grand Prince Stavian III. Oh, uh, in fact, nice. you think it was probably mm. um, he set for, at the very least, the outline of it uh, when he was here mm. 25 years ago. Uh, the others, you all may make an alternability if you so wish. Certainly. I rolled a two for a 10. I don't know who these people are. Uh, Cornelius rolls a 16 for a 26. Uh, Gwen rolls a 13 for a 26. Honestly, it's probably the best no knowledge and ability I've rolled yet. Uh, that's a 14 for a 24. And Oliver rolls a 14 also for a 26. Lots of 26s. Okay. Yeah, seems to be the number. Uh, so Verity, yeah, I guess you just didn't look, like, look at a lot of picture books. <laughs> I guess not. The rest of you are able to recognize all four of these figures. As respectively going around, the uh, athletic man is Stavian the First, hmm. Grand Prince of uh, Taldor, who uh, became the Grand Prince in 4526, so almost 200 years ago. The second is his son, Dominus the uh, Second, which was the uh, the slender, calculating-looking man. The third one was Grand Prince Stavian the Second, Grand Prince Stavian the Third's father. Hmm. Um, so these are the four Stavians that have been Grand Prince. Uh, since ah. the Stavians became the no the royal family about 200 years ago, following the uh, marriage of the Stavian line to Grand Prince uh, Mikko the Magnificent, and following the uh, what they simply refer to as the Bloody Summer of 4526. Oh, hmm. okay. The Grand Not Prince had 12 summer. children, six of them sons, and then uh, yeah, then it became a whole cluster. Jeez. But yes, you can recognize, and again for for all of you, you can immediately recognize all of these as. Savians, because uh, one, each man wears the Primogen crown, mm. and two, each of them have what people refer to as the Stavian cheekbones. Um, mm. The Stavians are renowned for their distinctive high cheekbones. Uh, Eutropia as well. Mm. Four caryatid columns, um, the carved columns that are basically, they look like statues except for they're actually columns, mm -hmm. in this room are easily recognizable. All of them wear traditional Taudang garb, so again, basically togas. One of them is obviously the uh, closest one to the door is a statue of Abadar, notable for his uh, fine features, well-trimmed beard and hair, uh, and the golden key that he wears around his neck. Mm. The second is a statue of Aridin, again, in the same uh, toga dress, uh, although wearing a, an eye amulet around his neck. The third is a depiction of the goddess Shalin, um, notable for the, uh, the birds that sit on either one of her shoulders, um, songbirds. And the fourth is a depiction, uh, judging by the smile, the rakish glance, the fact that he's holding up the column, like holding up with one hand, the <laughs> column instead of the rest. Caden? Uh, Caden Kaling. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All four of these statues hold up the 20-foot vaulted ceiling, itself painted with a fresco map of Taldor, as if <laughs> the gods themselves are lifting up the nation. <laughs> wow. That's some wow. symbolism. Well, that and, uh, you know, Arid and Abdar have a long history, um, and Caden was actually Taldane. Yeah. So oh, he's, viewed, right. he's yeah. viewed as a Taldane hero, uh, despite the fact that he was kind of a drunk and a lout. 
<laughs> well, you know. A soft plush carpet of green and blue split down on either side, again, much akin to the Taldane flag, uh, runs the length of this room and provides uh, traction on the otherwise mirror-polished marble floors. Jeez. They don't want anyone slipping and falling today. If somebody fell, it would be a huge deal. Why do I feel like <laughs> as children, we probably slid <laughs> along these oh, floors I'm sure with, we our did. with our socks? You are led down this hallway, basically down to the left, where you pass by an intersecting hallway uh, that makes its way off towards the right-hand side, down towards where you can see a gallery down at the end. The servant politely points out the powder room, mm -hmm. uh, which is just off towards the side, in case you need to use the restroom. And a flight of stairs ascends up to the second level. Around the corner from there, you pass through another set of double doors and make your way into another long hallway, um, some nearly 70 feet long. The walls are decorated with continued pastoral frescoes, as well as more and more numerous portraits. Unlike the ones in the Grand Hall, uh, these are both of men and women. And in the case, none of these wear the Primogen crown. All of them, however, do bear enough of a resemblance that they can assume to be princes and princesses, judging by their high cheekbones. Uh, the only ones that you immediately recognize, because uh, they were, again, portraits that were lined out when you were here, are of Princess Eutropia and Prince Carius. Mm. Mm. Again, Eutropia when she was 13 and Carius when he was 11. And they never updated uh, Eutropias, apparently. They've never been back. Oh, I guess yeah. that's true, yeah. <laughs> They've yeah. never returned here. It's hard to do that when you don't know what they look like. Yeah, right. But again, uh, while none of them wear the primogen crown, all of them do have the Stavian cheekbones. Um, and you can tell that these are probably Stavians throughout history or some various cousins. Hmm. But again, the entire walls are lined with this. Hmm. Each of you are given a room at this point. Oh, wow. They better give each of us a room. Uh, well, it would be very, very rude to have us bunking up. <laughs> So again, Oliver and Felix, uh, Felix being a guest of uh, honor and Oliver being from a grand house, are given the uh, white and brown rooms. Felix given the white room and Oliver being given the brown room. Very well. All right. The rest of you may choose between the red, green, or blue rooms. Blue, please. I'll take red. I was going to say, Heather's going to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> Green's technically my house color. That is like true. green and yeah. gold are the house colors, and then red and silver are Regathiel's colors. That's why she wears red and gold. Gold. I mean, there's no purple house, room, so deity. or silver yeah, room, right. so they're not my house colors. I just was like, I'll take red. That's fair. <laughs> each room is relatively small, um, and by that I mean each room is about ten feet wide and about fifteen feet long. So uh, I mean larger than my office. It's a decent sized yeah. room. They're small but exceptionally well furnished, and contains a large four posted bed and a large wardrobe. Uh, there's a small side table next to uh, each one of the beds in here. Each one of these small side tables contains a lit candle, although judging by the fact that there's no heat or wax dripping, you're going to guess that each one of these are permanent magical lights. That nice. feels appropriate. Uh, each of the uh, candles are in candle holders that are de designed to look like swans um, so that you can <laughs> hold them by the neck. Um, so that if you want to go you know, wandering around the palace at night or something like that, if you need to go to the powder room, you can. <laughs> Uh, in the case of each of you, uh, let's see. Felix is in the uh, white room. Yep. Which has nature scenes uh, themed around birds of similar color. The white room uh, with canaries and doves. Oliver in the brown room with sparrows and buntings. Hmm. Cornelius in the red room with robins and rose finches. Cool. Gwen in the green room with green finches and rollers. And then Verity in the blue room with jays and blue tits. Nice. <laughs> I knew someone was going to laugh. Oh, <laughs> Rachel lost. Rachel lost. I knew I was going to lose that. that it is the name of the bird, though. Really? Yep, it is That's a bird. That's true. Mm -hmm. uh, you, the servants would also inform you that at the end of the hallway, past the uh, red, green, and blue rooms, 
is your solarium. It's a nice little room with wide windows, so if you want to relax at the end of the day. Each of you would also be informed that there's a bell rope in each of your rooms, so if you need anything, you just ring. <laughs> Gracious. Gwen does that thing that everybody does the first when, like, get to a hotel or something is see how squishy the bed is. They you are know? almost unnecessarily plush. I was going to say, that, again, this is where, like, no you know, your your ruler of the country summers no, and Gwen was just curious. for, like, the, high, like, yeah, the highest nice... of guests there, who the need part the of most me... plush would also want to do that, but not for the same reason. Because I'd want to, like, jump on the bed and be like, oh, okay, so mom and dad got the better beds than we did in the guest house. Okay, oh, yeah. I got it. I like that you remembered that, you know, 25 years later. Yeah. Interestingly enough, there are specifically eight guest rooms in this wing, which is where uh, all of your parents were staying. Yours and the other uh, noble family, since there were eight families invited. <laughs> nice. uh, you would also be informed that across from the white room is the sauna, oh. and then next to that is the public bath. Oh, okay. Public being a little bit of a loose term because you still have to be like invited to Shared. be here. They're not just going to let anyone into the baths. Uh, there's also a large powder room next to that. Hmm. I like that there's a there's a, there's a powder room off of this like uh, west wing inside the west wing, and then there's one that's literally like twenty feet away from the double well, doors. <laughs> but you have to go through those doors yeah. and yeah. out of the like little noble wing where it. You have about an hour or so to uh, to kind of get acclimated here. Um, they basically bring in a wash basin for each of you. Uh, you have a second to powder yourselves and apply your perfumes and all the rest of that stuff that you would have waited until you got here to do. Um, make sure that you're ready and good to go. And again, uh, this is the first day, so I believe... So to say, is there a schedule of events? There will be. Okay, fair enough. That's the other thing the heralds are there for, is to also remind you of all of the events. Yeah, they didn't like print out flyers or anything. They just hired nope. a person to follow us around and tell us. You mean nobles be in charge of their own itinerary? No, I need a God secretary. Forbid. Here, have an actual person no, just no, follow we have you people around. people for that. Um, so I believe all of you are wearing your courtier's outfit and your jewelry. Yes, yep. indeed. Following this, though, the servants unpack uh, all the rest of that stuff. You are led from there back to the Grand Hall. Um, so you exit out of the, uh, the guest wing, make your way back down the hallway, back over to the Grand Hall this point you are taken up the grand hall basically back towards the back doors and then they open the uh, side door leading you into the vestibule ah vestibule <laughs> such a fun word you quickly pass through this small chamber and again i say small it's still 20 feet at a side like everything here is massive the ceilings in almost every room are 20 feet high um mm. in the bedrooms they're only 15 it's one of those it looks like it was built for giants but really it's just for us you know as normal human sized people they just made everything bigger just because they could it's mm. fancy it is fancy. You pass from there into the library. Ooh. Mm. The library is rather large itself, some 15 feet across, some 30 feet in overall length. Um, it has comfortable plush reading chairs uh, set at one note. end. There are floor to ceiling bookcases. In this case, the ceilings in here are 20 feet high. The bookcases go up 20 feet. They do have ladders cool. on rails to allow you access to the uppermost reaches. Wow. Probably of some surprise, uh, except for when you remember who the Lothids are is the fact mm. that this library looks well used. But considering the Lothids are renowned as wizards across all of Taldor, it's not really surprising that they actually use their library. That's why mm. I want to go see all their magic stuff they might have in here. There might be some books I haven't read. There is a section that does seem to be far less used than, or read than the rest. Um, that one contains a variety of just uh, 
not really intellectual pursuits, but if that, like, you just need some bedtime reading, there's there's a full collection of the Sin Saga. Enjoy Viking romances on the high sea. Um, they're rather popular straight out of uh, Kentargo. The most popular export of Chiliacs in yes, Taldor right saga. here is the Sin Saga. <laughs> you make your way from here through the parlor, um, which is a rather comfortable chamber. Off towards the side, you can see the dining room, but you make your mm. way past there to enter into the grand ballroom. Oh, oh here we go. <laughs> Big old room. Yes. The grand ballroom is massive. This open space tiled in polished gray and white marble with a checkered pattern running around the outside of the room. The walls are painted in soft dove gray, accentuated with gold leaf trim and columns. Ten foot tall windowed doorways line the walls both to the north, opposite of where you've come in, and the west, opening out onto the veranda and the gardens behind the palace that you can see even from here as the sheer shocking number of exotic birds wander their way around back there. Most impressively, the uh, the male peacocks, which wander around and strut their stuff out there, um, mm. as well as, shockingly, um, a small gaggle of flamingos. I'm not sure if a group of flamingos Cute. is called a gaggle, but that's what I'm going to go with three of which currently stand in a large circular fountain out there, uh, perched awesome. up on one leg and just wandering around and watching people as they walk uh, past. Rick, you're going to love this. So a group of flamingos is called a flamboyance of Oh, a flamboyance. There's a flamboyance of flamingos <laughs> on the backyard. <laughs> I do like that, actually. Yeah. These doors that lead out are framed by intricate carvings of vines and bunches of grapes, all covered in gold leaf. Between the doors to the west... Uh, and lining the empty wall off towards the right-hand side to the east are plush benches upholstered in rich velvet and silk cushions in purples, blues, and green. The ceiling here vaults 40 feet overhead. A magnificent fresco portrays the bright blue sky where the goddess Shalin herself and a court of Agathian watch from the clouds above the gathered nobles below. Three incredibly detailed and opulent chandeliers of gold and silver adorned with countless glass pendants, teardrops, and orbs magically light this room in a soft, constant, diffuse light. By this point, the entirety of the gathered noble presence is here, making their way about chatting with one another. There's the soft sound as there is a single gong set on the wall off towards the right-hand side uh, that is rung, allowing all of you... Uh, some time to make your way in here as they quickly get to the sorting, as it were. All right. Uh, this is a rather simple event. A representative from each group, you may choose who your representative is, makes their way up to the front. I guess Felix will probably step forward. Yep. Let's go and do Felix. Yep. Uh, you make your way up. Bartleby gives you a smile um, as he is standing there, holding, as tradition dictates, a uh, somewhat older, well-polished, but dented knight's helm. Hmm. Hmm. You watch as each person makes their way up there, reaches inside, and then pulls out a different colored petal. Hmm. All right. Reaching in there, as you do, Felix, retrieving this. I do. You pull out a brilliant, vibrant purple petal. The Count nods as you turn, make your way back to the group. And after a couple of seconds, the secret, quote-unquote secret, secret doors um, that are the servant's entrance open. And a group of a uh, grand total of 12 jesters uh, make their way out. Yeah. Well, we all, we all shiver. We all clinch. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's tension. There is some trauma tension. there for sure. Ooh. Like, why did they send assassins? Jesters, <laughs> really? Ooh. 
Each one of them is of different color. Too soon. And a woman in silver and purple makes Mm. her way, uh, trotting up to all of you, bows incredibly deeply at the waist. Gwen resists the urge to just deck her right in the face. Good morning, lords and ladies. I am Purple Finch. I will be your guide and herald for your time here. Wait just a second. (laughs) She's going to be with us the whole time. You mean to tell us our heralds are jesters also? Yes. I'm not saying that as Cornelius. That's just me as a player being like dumbstruck right now. Verity does want to sense motive and see if she's going to try to murder us. Yes, I would also like to sense motive because... How dare they? How dare they give us jesters? I would also like to use my ability to get a plus two. (laughs) (laughs) I don't trust her. We've got we've got trauma, all right. (laughs) I don't know if she's Uh. one of the assassins. Anybody dressed in motley is immediately suspicious. She's probably uncomfortable because we're all staring at her like. I actually didn't roll sense motive, but my sense motive is bad. It's like I'll trust her. Yeah, Verity Cornelius, she's a jester. Take from it what you will. Mm. Still creepy, crusty Chudler. Felix, Gwen, (laughs) you don't sense any hostility from her. You do sense that she is almost painfully nervous, which she is trying to hide behind a faltering smile. And very strangely, she seems slightly confused, or at the very least somewhat underwhelmed or maybe even underprepared for what is going on. Hmm. Uh, I suppose introductions are in order then. Yes. Are we just to call you the Purple Finch or do you have a name? I, I do have a name, but Purple Finch is my name for the remainder of uh, this uh, jubilee. And I will be here hmm. to, uh. to, to guide you and make certain that you have a wonderful stay here. And keep you My entertained dear. and distracted as the servants, who are, of course, uh, as commoners, very slow. Take care of all of your things. She um, then spreads her arms in a way that sounds like it should follow be followed with a ta-da. <laughs> and just smiles awkwardly. You don't have to be so nervous. It's all right. Um, um, I'm Count Oliver Darahan. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm Countess Felix Sespai. Viscountess Gwyn Levar-Kastner. Baron Cornelius Mariset. Baroness Verity of House Corsita. Um, yes, I will definitely remember all of those. And I'm here to, um, uh, one second. She quickly turns around, digs in her sleeve, pulls out a small Aww. card and kind of looks it over, quickly slides Poor it back kid. around, smiles, turns back around. Mm. Um, so I am going to be your guide and, uh, I will also be helping you with, uh, any form of organization and such that you need. And so the first step for, uh, this grand day um, is brunch is being prepared as we speak. It will be mm. a standing affair um, where you may socialize with your fellow uh, um, nobility and um, prepare yourself for um, the fun that you're going to have. Any of those of you wish. It sounds kind of like uh, a couple of you have taken the track of trying to put her at ease. Uh, so for those of yeah. you trying to put her at ease may make me a diplomacy check. Yeah. All right. Is she, I guess, is she considered a commoner? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, Gwen rolls a three for a 15, but, you know, she will give the girl, a, like, a soft smile, like, trying to find a polite way to tell her to bring it down a notch, that it's cool, we're cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, Felix gets a seven for an 18. Oliver got a 13 for a 22. Ooh. Very nice. Oliver and Felix both succeed. The woman does kind of incline her head, uh, my name is um, actually uh, Alista. My parents didn't name me Finch. Um, <laughs> didn't assume they did. Uh, Alista Kragas. Uh, but, uh, but please, 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 please call me uh, the Purple Finch. 
um, of course, in front of Not anyone else. Um, thank you. Yes. Is that normal, making everyone have assumed names? Uh, to my understanding, it, it is for this. Um, it is uh, all part of the, the fun and games. Um, is this your first year working this? Uh, it is, my lady, and I apologize for my lack of experience. I, no, I really you have don't. Nothing no, no. to apologize for. Nothing at all. It's all quite all right. I did not realize that this was the job I was signing up for. <laughs> Trust me, we've all been there. <laughs> I actually have never been a jester before, and I am notorious amongst my friends for not being funny. Please don't yeah. attempt to be funny and don't attempt any gesturing or clown-like activities. Uh, I apologize, but um, I am required to do so. Well, you need not worry about impressing us. Uh, when, when others are around, um, I will need to. Um, but if you want well, me to stay low-key and quiet. Tell them I don't wish for such things. <laughs> oh, don't, I, I don't, she, don't be letting me to talk to the manager to the girl who's on first She somehow turns a paler shade than the white face paint <laughs> yes, she's exactly. wearing. Exactly. Why would you even mention that? I think that is the last thing we need to do. I, I would not want you to to bar, bother Sir uh, Gulasane with um, with any oh. of this. Oh. And, we, no. and don't worry, I figure Felix immediately puts a hand on her shoulder and says, "We won't." As the Inquisitor is no. like, "What?" <laughs> Cox is repeating crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm From sorry. Forcing the room. your guests who might be scared of clowns to deal with clowns for the weekend is rude. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, but she's going to be the one getting in trouble. <laughs> yeah. But now we know he's the boss that made this happen. My dear, we're just not very fond of clowns, but that's not your fault. Oh, uh, really, there's no need for you to be so nervous. We understand this awkward position of course, you've been and, put and, in. And I have no experience, nor have I ever attended any form of, uh, of clown education. Um, she I, did not go to clown <laughs> college. That's exactly her actually actually I am a us. professional entertainer, and that is why I signed on. Right. What sort of, uh, well, what, yes. if I may ask, what sort of entertaining do you normally partake in? I, I, I'm, a, 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 I'm, a, I'm a flautist. Um, I, oh, I was trained okay. in most um, at the, the Crabs um, uh, Symposium there. Well, that sounds delightful. Um, uh, and, I, and I signed on to entertain, but uh, apparently they didn't need more musicians and they needed uh, an additional uh, well, guy, as it were. Um, so I have a very basic idea of where I'm going, but I will make certain that you're there. And more importantly, I will make certain that you have a wonderful time at the Jubilee. Um, um, this will be taking place. She blanks a couple of times, quickly turns around, pulls out a little card, looks it over, <laughs> slides it back away, turns back around. Uh, this will be taking place over the next two days and will revolve around the jousting tournament on this, the first day. Uh, if you wish to participate in the jousting tournament, um, then you can provide me with your information and I will add you to the list. Um, in addition to that, on the second day, we are going to be um, uh, having a hunt, uh, which will be taking place in the uh, early morning and afternoon. And then that will be followed by the Grand Masquerade Ball, uh, which right. is a, uh, a classic. Um, well, how about we start with uh, getting signed up for the joust? I think some of us are planning to partake in that. Yeah. Uh, uh, great. So... Um, as far as everything else is concerned, the itinerary for today. <laughs> There's going to be a list. It's going to be uh, on our quest tracker. <laughs> in fact, if you open up your quest tracker. Oh, nice. You should see your list for the Tanger Jubilee Day 1. Hmm. Yes. Uh, we will be having uh, brunch for the next two hours in introductions, uh, followed by the uh, the preparation for the tournament. For those of you who are going to be participating to ready your horses and uh, and change into your uh, your armor. Uh, the tournament will then follow over the course of the next four hours, uh, followed by the traditional Jubilee Day speech, 
Um, and after that will be the Feast of the Victor for whoever is the champion in the tournament. Um, mm. Entertainment. Uh, I understand that the uh, the Count has specially prepared entertainment for this evening, uh, followed by dancing and cards until midnight. Mm. Lovely. Why does everything sound so sinister in my brain? Uh, cu- a couple, couple of <laughs> notes. One, the Jubilee speech is scheduled for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> There's socializing beforehand. Also, <laughs> what is dancing and cards? Because like, I know of dance cards. But well, dancing and playing cards. Yeah. There will be dancing for people that want to dance, or the parlor will be available for people that oh, want to play cards. card games. Card okay. games. Yes. Okay. Cards. Actual cards. Yes. Okay, that, that makes more sense. Yes, we should I, play Baccarat, Mr. That. Bond. Uh, <laughs> yes. connect that. I didn't yes. realize we were playing Baccarat. Yes, well, there there is a there's a literal game room in the palace. Uh, there's also the drawing room, yeah. the parlor. There's a number of places that uh, the card games could be played for those who are uh, either not interested in dancing or... Um, just want to be sticks in the mud. Mm. One of these days, I'm going to have to learn how to dance. You learned how to dance with all of us. Yes. I am very there rusty. There is uh, a difference between learning how to dance and have been in recent practice. It'll come back to you. I'm extremely rusty. I'm fairly good at dancing. Gwen Fair says enough. with her perform, you know, without even any ranks says in it. The, uh, the, the person who has, uh, you know, bard slash scald energies, <laughs> you should be good at entertaining. So <laughs> let's talk a little mechanics here, shall All we? Right. Fair enough. I do love to talk mechanics. <laughs> so this is the beginning of the Tanager Jubilee. Um, again, I have created a little quest log for you right there, so you can uh, uh, read that. If you go into the details on that, uh, you'll see that the Tanager Jubilee takes place over two days, revolving around a jousting tournament on the first day. Your goal is to make friends and win support, and the Jubilee presents an excellent opportunity to meet your noble neighbors and to make a good first impression. By whooping their You butts. must determine, of course, <laughs> who is an ally and who is an enemy. Uh, what are the political and personal relationships between the local nobility, if their alliances can be shifted, and where to best direct your efforts after the Jubilee. The, this is your mission if you choose to accept it, and you already have. We choose to yes. accept. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the Tanager Jubilee, this will function much akin to the gala that we had at the beginning. Maybe it will end as excitingly. We don't know. Uh, oh, no. God. Please I no. would rather it didn't. <laughs> That's one way to take over the, uh, the county. Well, it does function similarly. There are some differences. During a social round, each PC may attempt one major action, including influencing an NPC, researching an NPC, or attempting a Jubilee-related skill check. You can attempt various skill checks to influence an NPC at the Jubilee. Each social round, a PC can move to any location on the map and select a single NPC in that area as their target to influence. A PC may guess what skill to use, although it may be easier to learn what skills will work by researching the NPC first, as you guys remembered from previously. I'll also be going Mm -hmm. with what I did at the end towards the gala, which is uh, if you succeed on it, you get all the skills that influence them. Mm, I found that that worked a lot better. A successful skill check counts as one success towards adjusting their attitude towards the PCs. All NPCs require more than one success to influence. A PC Mm. earns one additional success if their influence succeeds by five or more. In addition, you may research an NPC, which is what I was just talking about. Um, You may attempt a discovery check to learn more about an NPC. A discovery check allows a PC to learn either which skills they can use to influence. There are some differences here. A bias that will incline an NPC to trust them, granting you a plus two bonus on all influence checks if you adhere to or if you conform to that bias. Mm. Um, Ah, The bias might literally be something of like this person's shallow and... uh, Wants compliments on their you appearance. Get a, well, or like you get a plus two bonus if you have a charisma of 14 or higher. Mm. Um, uh, okay. Interesting. Things Me like too. that. That's just an example. Uh, there is also things that they distrust. 
Um, these are things that will give you a minus influence if okay. you have this. It's like we're playing Stardew Valley. I have up more in here. to them. Mm-hmm. They also have a strength, which represents topics or approaches that they are particularly resistant to. As in, you will take a minus four penalty if you attempt to use this approach on them. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Like talking about the common good of commoners or something like that. They might just yeah. be like, screw you. Yeah. Yeah. You can also use this to determine a weakness, representing topics or approaches that they are particularly receptive to, granting a plus four bonus. Um, that is quite similar to what you're dealing I, with previously. I just just say, now I they've included biases. I feel like biases. the research is a lot more important because you want to make sure you're targeting their weakness with a um, bias that's beneficial. Yeah. Yep. To get um, the most and avoiding bonuses. whatever they're you know resistant to. Yeah. Like fire magic. Like fire magic. <laughs> 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 now the major differences here are there is not an influencing an area check mm. for this one. As yeah, all the party okay. goers are constantly wandering from one area to another, most people are just kind of uh, checking in places. There's not as many people and as many areas. I was really, going to say, as, and it does yeah. fo- like focus us like into a room for brunch or into an area for the tournament and so on and so forth. So. That being said, those of you who are participating in the tournament, there, you know, once you get to that, we'll go into a little bit more detail. But uh, there are multiple things that if you ju- if you choose not to participate in the tournament, there's actually a different thing you can be participating in to socialize other people. Um, If you choose to not participate in the hunt, if you participate in the hunt on the second day, you can socialize with people that are hunting. But if you choose not Mm. to, you can socialize with the people that are doing things other than hunting. Ah, so might behoove us to actually split up. Yeah. Yeah. It encourages you, one, to split up. And two, it means that if if it's a skill you're not actually good at. So, for instance, Felix and Cornelius are both not proficient with lances. So, (laughs) obviously, they're not going to be fighting in the tournament. But there might be something else going on. But... Um, as you kind of look about the room, there are again about 40 people over here, overall here. Um, you don't know who is actually going to be of uh, of use to you and who is not. Uh, but I'll go ahead and uh, for your edifications, That's so reveal the dozen something people oh, that wow. you have uh, oh, here of all gosh. the various people that are available. Where is my list? <laughs> uh, Cyrus Cockleburg. <laughs> okay, Esquire, that time thank wasn't you. me. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, Esquire. <laughs> I suppose you uh, you take a second to kind of glance around the room, and uh, yeah, this is your first uh, this is your first social round, social round number one, um, as all of Ooh. you uh, collect your food and everything for brunch. So uh, I guess we'll go ahead and just do a quick uh, round table and such. Um, you don't know who is actually useful right now. Yeah, we're nope. gonna have to just talk to everybody at least once to figure out like who's who. Well, I was gonna catch up with Okara, so that feels like a good place to start. Yeah. Okay. Because again, uh, Verity glancing around, you do see uh, Nicholas Akira. Again, a towering bear of a man, just beginning to go gray along his beard and hair. Um, I believe we cast him as Idris Elba because the picture looks amazingly yes. like Idris Elba. Seriously. Standing near near him is a uh, young girl of. Uh, oh, he's mm-hmm. with his daughter. A young girl of twelve years old. Okay. Uh, wearing a bright red dress, um, her hair done up in a, a complicated hairdo that falls down and across her shoulders. You can immediately tell that there's a family relationship there because of those eyes. She has the same very piercing dark eyes that Okara does hmm. as you begin to uh, to make your way over. Half-Elf Inquisitor guy's hot, too. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Ghoul Gerasame amuses me because his artwork looks like he should be a vampire, and I think that's why oh, he's yeah, like a vampire. For sure, with that long hair. All right, Jordan, where are you thinking about going? Uh, I'm thinking of going with uh, Baroness Adela Voinum. Okay. Oh, we do hmm. need to befriend her. You do know that I you guess. need to befriend the Baroness. Yeah, so I figured I'd start with her. All right. Heather, what are you thinking? 
So is this like where we say if we're going to research somebody and that kind of thing? Because I need to figure out what the heck I need to talk to Bartleby about to start figuring out what his actual deal is. I mean, you can just try a research check uh, because if you choose to do a research check, it'll tell you whether or not they're a person you can influence. Okay, and then I'm going to do that. If you can't influence them, it'll automatically fail. So I'm going to do that because we, I, if we can get close to him, like Martella doesn't even really know why he won't leave the manor. She's just assuming it's because he's a but there might be something else going on. There's a great you evil know. underneath it that he has to do a ritual every I'm just 72 saying, hours. I'm there's got to be some more motivation. You know I mean, what I mean? Be. I mean, you don't know. So anyway, I just feel, and plus he's the person we're trying to dispose. So knowing as much as we can about him is mm -hmm. probably the best course of action. So I'm going to spend the first round getting the lowdown on what skills and everything will help me. All right, Rachel. <laughs> oh, the high priestess is here. Uh, yeah, I was actually looking for her. Um, yeah, I will probably go ahead and make my way to the Archbanker. Okay. Lady Peril. I love that her last name is Peril. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oliver. Oh, dear. Um... Aha, now I get to ask this question. Does Oliver hesitate? Yes, Oliver does A woman hesitate. begins to approach Oliver. Oh, no. Since you have hesitated. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, great. You, you get picked. You somebody get, picks you. As you get loped into a conversation, we'll get around to that uh, in a second. Oh no, Lady Crab! You're oh, yeah, you're a fool! You fool! You're a Barrett. You're a count. And Did I hear a count? Oh my God! Oh, you're gonna Oliver. get Crab is gonna get you. Oh, God. She's gonna catch you with her pincers. The crab woman, <laughs> she's here. Oh God! <laughs> so, for all of your edification, you are aware of the following guests um, here, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and you'll have all of their names because, technically speaking, while you were standing here, and again, you're all nobles, you're used to doing this kind of thing. There was a roll call being shouted out when you guys were walking mm. into this room. Um, there are over 40 people attending this place, but you can kind of pick out a couple of names there that you're like, okay, that's at least a lady, and not you know like. These are dames and sirs and these various knights and such that are probably not of as much import. Uh, and so to go through them real quick, there is mm. Baron Nicholas O'Kara, of which you are all somewhat familiar with previously. Yep. Baroness Adela Voynum, um, of which uh, I believe Cornelius is going over to speak with. Correct. And uh, you are aware that she is also the Baroness for the region that you're now going to be staying in. Yep. Baronet Fi Fabin, Count Bartleby Lothied, of course you know. Dame Carol Helbor, Dame Sepsina Crab, Earl Yonder Mercondus. By the way, Earl means that he is actually the possibly highest ranked person here. Mm hmm. Interesting. You don't know why he's here, because obviously he's not Earl of this region. Lady Aline Peril, Lady Lucrezia Marthane, Lady Mona Sittus, Lady Pathina Crab, uh, who has very quickly grabbed her pinchers in uh, Oliver. Oh, God. <laughs> She, she just, just has pinchers now. Oliver just sort of mouths everybody, save me! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what have I done? Lady Selly O'Kara, uh, Lord Titus Lothied Cassava, Sir Marina Goitus, Sir Ghoul Gosern, Cyrus Cocklebur Esquire, and Tribune <laughs> Onera Sycam. Interestingly, both of them not nobility. But you scatter about. So let's go ahead and jump into this, shall we? So, uh, Jessica, are you attempting to influence O'Kara, or are you attempting to uh, just kind of feel things out, research an NPC, as it were, as you approach the Baron? 
Yeah, I guess I'm just researching him. I mean, in reality, I'm just saying hi and, oh, this is your daughter. I'm so glad you're not dead from that horrible thing we were at last time. Yeah. The research just kind of is like, I'm carrying on a conversation. Maybe I'm gaining some information while I'm doing it. Yeah, it's more of a that thing. So you approach, you make your way over towards the uh, the Baron. Uh, Nicholas, again, towering man, powerfully built. You can tell that age is, uh, is kind of catching up to, I believe he's in his mid-40s. Mm. And from what you understand, he's relatively recently retired from the military. But the Baron glances over towards you as you approach towards him. Gives a smile. I smile. I was not expecting to see you again so soon. Well, I live to surprise. <laughs> this must be your daughter. Countess Corsina, this is my daughter, Celie. She smiles, extends a hand, surprisingly a hand missing two fingers. Hmm. I take it. Hello. Oh, so. In the case of a countess, you should bow. Ah, she just kind of bows at the waist. <laughs> Verity just smiles. She's learning the etiquette. Sorry, actually, I think I was supposed to curtsy. Um, I'm not used to dresses. I apologize. Uh, she was supposed to curtsy in a dress, yeah. Yes, but That's I'm not used fine. to dresses, so I apologize. That's fine. I typically don't wear dresses <laughs> This guy, myself. she points over at Cornelius, who corrects her from off the side. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I often think the same thing, child. <laughs> Why is he here? They immediately bond over their mutual All hatred. All right, this girl, no. we like her. Secretly, Cornelius is the villain of this story. <laughs> Correcting this people's decorum. <laughs> Like you stick oh. with your own. <laughs> Actually, by the way, if uh, and you may do this for free um, for whichever, for either and or both, you may make me a knowledge uh, nobility. I'm sure. <laughs> I got a nat one for a nine. <laughs> We're oh, on to no. great start. Off so great you don't start. remember anything in addition pertaining towards uh, Baron Nicholas O'Carroll. Yeah, I just know what um, I know. Other than you know what you already previously know. You may actually, though, roll to uh, see, you know, maybe he mentioned something about his daughter that you recall. So you may make a knowledge okay. nobility. Okay, I know a lot about this girl. I roll an 18 for 26. <laughs> Maybe that's what he talked about a lot, is his daughter. That's why we couldn't so. talk about anything else. He's talking about his daughter. Lady Slee O'Kara is the only child of Baron Nicholas O'Kara and his late wife, Nirvina. Um, she is said to inherit her father's physical strength and her mother's unwavering sense of loyalty and justice. Nice. What brings you all the way to our small corner of the world? Ah, I'm accompanying um, my brain just your, countess. Your friend? Well, I was going to say friend. <laughs> I'm accompanying Countess Felix, who, who recently purchased an estate here. Yes. Statues, I believe, on the yes, other side yes, of yes. the bugbear wood. Yes. My friends and I are hoping to help revitalize the area. And we happened to pass by your lands and saw that you're doing a wonderful job. Thank you. We try our absolute best. It can be a struggle at times, but my people are very hardy and hard workers. And we have a lot of catfish. I know, I've heard of the general. <laughs> oh, I know all about the general. I actually saw him once, right at the edge <laughs> of the water. I was down near a stream. I was following a fox. Okay. Was this the fox that bit your fingers? Oh. Uh, no, that was a different fox. That was a fox I played cards with, and I lost two fingers in the dill. This was another time <laughs> okay. I was following a fox. <laughs> there was a giant, I thought it was a log at first, just kind of rolling around. And then he popped his head up out of the water. And I was a little bit further away, but there's a guy there. There's a hermit that lives out in the woods. <laughs> O'Kara just kind of rubs his, like, reaches over, takes a, a glass of wine as someone's walking by, kind of rubs his temples and starts sipping. Oliver needs a squire immediately. <laughs> yeah, squire her saying. immediately. She's awesome. Anyway, so he popped out of the water, and then the guy started talking to the general. And the general was talking back. He's a magic <laughs> fish. Oh my gosh. I hope he is. Hey guys. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, I tried to get a little bit closer, but just then there was a uh, there was a Galuvix 
that popped out of the uh, the trees near me. And then uh, it barked at me and then he dropped an egg. And so I then ran after him. And uh, before I could get to him or get to his egg either, because they have magic in them, um, he disappeared into the woods. All right, Verity Sense Motive's the child. Because this sounds like a crazy story, but that's fine. It sounds like an amazing story, and yeah. I love her. I do <laughs> love her. You sense that that's not entirely true. However, <laughs> <laughs> you do also sense that there is some grain of truth in there. Okay. You're All just right, not positive enough. where it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you may also make me an arcana if you so wish. I don't have that. You have no idea what the heck a Galuvex is. Uh, okay. Uh, Verity just kind of nods and looks at um, her father and says, so have you found um, an appropriate place for Lady Sully to squire? Uh, we're still coming to some agreement at that. I want to squire with my father. Ah, well, that should be safe. No? Mm. I don't know if he can handle her. <laughs> Uh, right. Besides, I mean, I'm basically already half a knight already. So as soon as I manage to uh, to follow the swan lady, um, I understand that she can lead me out onto the lake where I can go and find a sword, preferably a fire <laughs> sword. Uh, and that should allow me to make my way down and do- deal with the troll problem. Ooh. Very like plan. fully blinks. <laughs> the swan lady. You mean that vigilante who's running around? Oh, no, no, not her. Definitely not her. Okara gives her a pointed look. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the swan lady of the lake. There's two different <laughs> swan ladies. One's a mystical lady of the lake that turns into a swan and then turns into a lady, and she gives magic swords to knights. Um, the other one is some lake. lady that, uh, that like, jumps out and, I think, clubs people over the head. I'm not really sure. I haven't gotten a beat <laughs> on her yet. I did see her in the distance one time, but I didn't get close enough to actually talk to her. Well, at least we have confirmation that the night swan is a female. Female, apparently. I don't know. Yeah. You were told previously male, so it's been back and forth. Yeah. Well, I feel like Lady right. Sully is doing a little tall tales telling. Um, She's 12 and wants to be truth. a knight. You just yep. have to find it. I don't I'm doing anything particularly interesting, but I also don't have a squire right now, if you're if you're interested in that. Um, regardless, you seem to know a lot of um, colorful local stories. So are you wanting to uh, research? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll start with the research. I'll probably be here for a minute anyway. Okay. So two things. First off, you have uh, chosen to research Okara, which means that you're now aware that Okara is one of the five targets that you need to find her research. Oh, I'll just great. go ahead and let mm. you know that there are five. Okay. Um, Okara, however, is already friendly because that actually carries over from your previous Yay. interactions nice. with him. So he's nice. currently friendly with you. It doesn't mean that you couldn't bump him up to helpful, which would be really nice if you're going to be trying to uh, yeah. Yeah. overthrow the county. So when you research, are you wanting to figure out his bias? Are you wanting to figure out his strengths? Are you wanting to figure out his weaknesses or what skill checks will influence him? I'm just going to assume they're not the same as before because I knew a lot of things about him before. Let's go with the skills that I would need to influence him. So to figure out the skills that you would need to influence him, you may roll either a profession soldier check or sense motive. Sense motive it will be. Because I don't have profession profession soldier. Ross is like, man, that's actually coming up yeah, quite a bit. I actually do. <laughs> yeah, weird, right? All right, I roll an eight for 15. 15? Once again, Okira is almost this enigma. As you just kind of go up there and start chatting. <laughs> He's a tough cookie. Right now, your problem is honestly, 
the daughter. The moment he, the moment you, the two of you start talking, and you're like, I usually am in a swamp area, but um, you know, I could of course have a squire. And then suddenly his daughter's like, there was this one time that I went down to the troll marshes, and then I was wandering around the troll marshes, and then suddenly this <laughs> turtle popped up, and I chatted with this turtle for a little bit because he was a magical talking turtle. Everything's magical and talks to this child. <laughs> what is with this well, child? Little do you know, she's actually got like one level of druid. I'm telling you, mm. it's wild. Uh, but as you kind of kick up this conversation, uh, taking us from there over to uh, Cornelius, as you make your way across the room, begin to approach the uh, the Baroness. The Baroness herself is a woman of what some people would refer to as legendary stature. Mm. Oh my. Okay. Standing at the better part of about six foot six. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She a big old lady. I'm She's only cool. 5'9". She <laughs> proudly displays um, a number of scars that you can see across her hands and a few even like faint scars across her cheeks from, you're going to guess, years of service. She's a bad... Despite that, Look you think her. that she's probably a woman maybe in her early 60s. Even though her hair is mostly still black, it's gone to a faint shade of gray, uh, salt and pepper, if you will, which she still keeps cut militarily short, short enough to comfortably fit under a helmet if need be. Cool. She glances over towards you in a way that immediately seems both appraising and intimidating as you begin mm. to approach her as she eyes Why you. Why does Cornelius do this to himself? <laughs> you like scary ladies. You may make a knowledge nobility if you so wish. I will make a knowledge. Uh, hopefully it will make a knowledge nobility. That is a six for a 16. As you approach her, you know that this is Baroness Adela of House Voynum, one of the four rulers of the County of Merit, a retired commander of the Taldane Phalanx, and is well respected by her people for being harsh, but fair by most standards. Oliver, this might be your person. Mm. The Voynum are known to produce their own wine, known as Voynaris White, as well as owning one of the most extensive wine cellars in all of Taldor. Wow. Okay, so Felix may have it in there as well. The woman eyes you as you begin to approach, watches you coolly. Baroness Voynum, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Baron Cornelius of House Mariset. I'll like do the whole, you know, grab her hand, bend down, kiss it, you know, all the proper uh, decorum. Uh, she doesn't seem like the kissing hand type. Mariset. Yes. You have the look. No. I love her already. <laughs> you like a mean lady. I have been told on more than one occasion. Why are you here? Ah, I am uh, accompanying Countess Felix Zespire, who uh, you may or may not know, has recently uh, purchased the Betany estate and uh, statues. I'm familiar with the Zespires, or at the very least their work. They're read as well-renowned. Oh, yes, quite. I do believe that uh, the Countess Sespire does tend to uh, try to improve that area of the of the county. I see. She narrows her eyes as she looks down at you. <laughs> She's so big! Why are you here? Ah, well, I um, happen to have run into uh, Countess Sespire and a few old friends in Opara at the Exaltation Gala. I was the lucky massacre. enough to get an invite. Unfortunately, yes. Quite a unfortunate event there. But I felt it, uh, shall we say, necessary for um, a change of scenery following such uh, brutal events. And so I decided to escort um, Countess Zespire and see if there might be something of interest here. Countess Zespire. Yes. She looks across the distance in Felix's direction. Do you know, I was friends with Alice Bettany for 50 years. 
Oh, really? Uh-oh. Never once did a Zespire come to stay at Swanmere. Oh, crap. They were vassals of mine, the Betanys, well-loved and respected. I would love to see statues raised up once again. Their wine was exquisite, and the poor substitutes that they produce now, not quite so much. However, I find it curious that that small plot of my land should remain abandoned and untenanted for a decade, and then a scant week after this Exultation Day Massacre, after the beginning of this so-called war for the crown, suddenly we receive an offer. I could be a good friend, or not. Choose your next words wisely. <laughs> so allow me to ask a question. Uh-oh. One last time. Very well. Why are you here? And we'll pick it up here next time. What? Cornelius casts invisibility and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I picked the most intimidating lady. This is yeah, not good did. for me. I was really wondering who was going to go to her first, since she's uh, the first one to go. See. Why are these people buying smart. my land? If Jordan hadn't said anything, I was planning to. I was thinking about it as well, except Cornelius got there first. So. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he hesitated. <laughs> You hesitated. You hesitated, and Crab got her pinchers in I you. I hesitated after Cornelius already declared where he was going. But uh, sorry, Cornelius is like, I'm going to go and talk to her. And then she wanders, and Oliver's like, oh. Um, and then suddenly this arm grabs onto you. It's like, Hi. do I hear Count? <laughs> Let me introduce <laughs> you to my daughter as you're led off to the sun. Oh, my God. Oh, no. I'm not going to lie. Just a little teaser here. Like, I love almost every character that they put in this thing. They are all oh, amazing. This is great. Oh, I am man. looking forward to seeing where this goes. Oh, yes. Uh, the Baroness. Yes. Mm. She gives yeah. me vibes that I want Verity to have when she's her age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see a role model. Yeah, Verity would big probably get along with lady. it. Oh, you're a big scary lady. I'm not quite as big, but I want to be as scary. Teach me your ways. <laughs> you know what we love as much as big scary ladies? Our patrons. Our patrons. Yeah, our Some patrons. Some of them might be big scary ladies. We hope That's so. True. But you know what? We you can so. be big, not scary, and still awesome. You can be a sweet you can be any size and still awesome. Thank you all for your continued patronage, your continued support. Um, it is difficult to to throw a gala of this size so recently mm. after our last gala, um, <laughs> a, a jubilee as it were, a celebration. And two days here. on top. And so it is only with the continued support of our patrons that we're able to put together these fancy soirees uh, for all of us to engage in. And I would like to take an opportunity to thank a couple of those patrons. Um, and I imagine my friends would as well, as we would thank some of you by name. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so Absolutely. I'll go ahead and start things off and thank Benjamin Bravo. Benjamin Bravo. Oh, thank you, Benjamin. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. Good Benjamin Bravo. Congratulations. Thank I'm you. sure you've yeah. never heard it thank before. Thank you, Benjamin. Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> thank Very you, good. Benjamin, Not for your support. Your entire life. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I would like to thank Mark Skiba. Oh, thank sorry, you, Mark. Thank you so much, thank Mark. You, Mark. Thank you, Mark. And I would like to thank Eric Stahl. Thank well, thank you, Eric. Eric. Thank yeah. you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Oh, I just noticed that we've... There's we have Eric's. three Eric's on this there one. Three Eric's. Eric's. Time, yes. It's the revenge of the Eric's. Uh, the Eric, what was the, fl the flamboyance of Eric's? The flamboyance, the flamboyance of, Eric's. of Eric's. Oh my God. <laughs> thank you, Eric, though. Eric Stoll. I would like to thank Alexander Makari. Thank Ooh, that's cool. Well, thank, you, Alexander. Alexander. thank you, Alexander. Thank you, Alexander. I've also always liked Alexander as a name. Yeah, it's a good Alexander's name. a good name. All yeah. right, and I would like to thank Eric Courtney. 
Well, thank All you, right. Eric. Thank you, Eric. Thank Welcome you, Eric. to the flamboyance. Uh, and I would like to thank a third Eric to the flamboyance uh, and thanking Eric Daniels. We appreciate your support, oh, Eric. Thank, thank you, Eric Daniels. You. Yes, thank you, Eric. You are all amazing. We would not be able to do this show without the continued support of our patrons. Uh, we honestly mean that. It means the world to us that you are willing to part with your hard-earned money to support making this content, for uh, support making entertainment and making it available far and wide. And as such, of course, we do want to... Uh, uh, also take a moment to thank all of the other people that support us through various means. Our subreddit, which is always a fun place to go and provides us uh, great insight. Our Discord, which have some of the most amazing people in all of Pathfinder on there. If you shout have, out to uh, our mods. A shout out <laughs> to our mods. Our mods are wonderful. Had a recent uh, fun exchange with uh, Eagle King over on there, um, mm. who's always great. <laughs> So if you have uh, not joined our subreddit or Discord, please do. You can go to uh, Reddit and, of course, sign on for our subreddit by just looking for Find the Path Podcast. We're the only one on there. Um, if you're interested in joining our Discord, you can go to our website at find-path.com and uh, you click a little link at the top and that will take you over to our Discord. The, I would say, without doing any research, the most supportive <laughs> Pathfinder community in the entirety of the Internet. I mean, Absolutely. I agree with that. Probably the also most no research, but I just love our people. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'll stay less fat. That's what people do. <laughs> but uh, we also do want to, of course, take an opportunity to thank everyone that has gone on uh, your various podcatchers or apps and such and left us reviews. Those mean the world to us. We had a, a great recent so review much. that was uh, posted. I think it was for Hell's Rebels, but it helps hmm. our, our numbers so much. It helps people find us. And so mm -hmm. uh, even if you sit there and go, you know, I don't have, uh, you know, trust me, we all understand not having an extra mm -hmm. couple bucks to... Uh, be able to indulge in entertainment but if you go on there you help other people find us you help the podcast yeah. and so thank you you are amazing heralds for the uh, the find the path <laughs> yeah show. that's a good way yes. to put it you yes. are our heralds yes that's true. that's true we are herald you don't oh, have to man, dress up as a clown at all it's so rude <laughs> that they want to dress as clowns and they made us see clowns again after what just happened to <laughs> after us. what just happened it's another clown i feel like somebody <laughs> at paizo knew what they were doing they knew that we would have clown trauma Mm -hmm. mm. Taldor does just love jesters. It's just the whole thing with the the nobles and all the rest of. The, let's put these yeah, people Gwen's these demeaning outfits. Yeah, mm. she's done. No more. Nope. Nope. Jesters not allowed. Somebody done. go make Gold Gasarn friendly and then tell him to have these jesters outfits changed. <laughs> mm. Quick before the purple finch goes all hop frog on you. Well, I mean, if Bartleby doesn't hit on uh, Gwen soon, maybe she'll move on to Ghoul. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> We, of course, also want to take an opportunity before we go to thank our Find the Path tier patrons. You are all amazing. We very much enjoy the support. Um, we are so glad that you have uh, decided, again, as we were just stating, to part with your hard-earned money um, to support the show. And we would like to take an opportunity to, of course, thank Andrew Miller and her, Braden Worrell, Elliot Brown, Eric and Lisa Junker, Gary S., Ian Date, Jessica Vetterly, Jim C., Joshua Saldana, Kevin Etterfay, Lewis Ellis, Siren Roll, and TJ Khan. Thank, Thank you. you all. You are amazing. So, and again, next uh, tune in next time uh, where we see if uh, if another big strong lady eats Cornelius alive at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you uh, have what, two options what have there, I done? buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. It's always fun to have a good back and forth with Jordan, though, whenever yep. he's just like, oh, I'm mm. such an awkward character. <laughs> <laughs> I like playing awkward I mean, characters. It's I mean, fun. 
willingly answer your questions, but uh, I'm not, we're, we're not trying to, to institute a coup and take over or anything. No, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> it's not wrong to say we're trying to make the area better. That's, that was what yeah. I was thinking. I was like, I guess I'll just tell her. I just found an opportunity to make Taldor better. Tell her the truth. Felix recently found out she's related to the Bettanys, and Gwen recently found out that at some point, Bartleby got hot. And yeah. so we had to come. <laughs> the rest of us are here for moral support and to be wingmen. Yep. Also, uh, Cornelius, how good is your bluff, by the way? My bluff is terrible. Oh. That's um, why you just tell that's the why, truth. That's why, yeah, I'm not going to tell her well, I'm not going to tell her a lie. I'm just going to tell can. her a, 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 yeah. a 90% truth. It's true, but know. it's just kind of funny that you beeline straight for the person that doesn't really play that doesn't really play the game. Mm-hmm. It's just that, like, yep. and now I'm going to grab you by the elbow and Tell lean over truth. you with my Swear six and a half feet and <laughs> force you to answer me. Uh, but now Jordan's got an entire week to think up a lie. So uh, it's anyway. not a lie. It's going to be a 90% think truth. Of, think of a half truth or a 90%. It's going to be one of the truths. One of the <laughs> one reasons. Of the a percentage of truth will be inserted. But regardless, you'll have to see uh, whether or not uh, Cornelius can pull that off next time. Good luck, Beth. All right. Bye, Pat Folk. So many people to talk to. I'm excited. I was going to go talk to Crab, but Oliver, I might have to save Oliver in a second. <laughs> right? Please do. <laughs> Even if Oliver escapes, it'll just be Cornelius next. <laughs> well, then I'll have to save Cornelius for sure, because I don't want him, but no one else can have him either. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. War for the Crown is copyright 2018. War for the Crown and the Pathfinder Venture Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.